Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. I have no idea why that audio problem is happening at the start of this show, but we're going to get to the bottom. We'll figure it out. We'll investigate, and we'll report back. Okay, sounds great. Uh, Maddie Key, hello. We're joined by you as well. Yep. We got a packed episode this week because there's a whole lot going on in the world of the NFL. We're going to talk about week three. We're going to talk about our predictions for week four. Hockey is upon us. And preseason games are happening. William Nylander is on the list of topics. And basketball is almost going to start too. And Damian Lillard, for some reason, is on the list of topics to discuss today. All that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures which we'll talk a bit more about later. But first, we do like to get into uh, what has been going on in our lives in the past week since the last time we recorded a podcast. Uh, James, what's going on with you? Dude, I don't know if we want to talk so much about what, like, okay, maybe I will. Um, You've seen Mallrats, right? I did watch the movie when I did a run of all the Kevin Smith movies, but that was a couple years ago. But I have seen Mallrats, yes. So, like... Brody's affinity for like dirt mall markets, like I have the same affinity for. Like I love flea markets. Anytime I can find a flea market or anything like that, like it's like those are my people. So they just opened up a new. What was that for? I was just like, those are my people. That's literally what he says in the film, and I feel the same no, way. I know, but I'm just okay. Continue. It's uh like these are. Dude, these are people who have all sorts of wares and goods. Like, I don't know what it is about that kind of commerce that like sparks my interest, but the flea market, uh, they opened a new one right by my house, and it's got a ton of cool stuff in it. Um, and then <laughs> later that night, I was on uh, Whatnot, and there was this guy who was just literally selling contents of a locker. On, he was just pulling stuff out of a box, and he's like, oh, what do you got here, a wallet? <clears throat> he's like, is there any money in it? No. And he just like moved on to the next item. And I was like, this is oddly entertaining. So I spent like 30 minutes watching this guy just pull junk out of a box and being like, does anybody want this? And trying to, to hawk it on whatnot, which was hilarious. Um, that was kind of funny. Uh, not much happened the week, but dude, the Monday night, who chose the Monday nighters for football? These are probably the most dirt worst Monday nighters you could have chosen. I am unimpressed. Are you talking about the Monday Nighters happening uh, tonight as we record or the Monday Nighters from week two? The ones we're recording against. I mean, yeah, the Eagles and Bucks doesn't look that interesting. Although they're two two 2-0 teams, so that's something. And the Rams and Bengals, yeah, the Bengals look like dog shit. And if they're going to be without Joe Burrow, which as of recording, (laughs) we have no idea if Joe Burrow's playing this game or not. And I get the feeling that the... uh, Bengals at this time don't know if he's playing either. Um, I have a vested interest in that game because uh, Puka Nakua, of course, plays for the Los Angeles Rams. And in our league of record, I am playing Maddie this week in our fantasy football league. And I'm currently up by a boatload, but that's because Maddie still has a running back, a wide receiver, and a quarterback yet to play. So I'm like, oh, no, 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 we'll see. Also, it's not just any like running back, quarterback, or wide receiver. It's Jamar Chase, who's due for a good game. But if again, if Burrow doesn't play, then 
that ball is getting handed off to Mixon. And who has Joe Mixon? I have Joe Mixon. So, you know, it could, and my quarterback is Jalen Hurts, who likes to call his own number and run the ball in a lot. So, I mean, against a Bucks team, he could put up two TDs and Bob's your uncle. There's your 30-point game. We'll have to see. I, I, I still have confidence in uh, Puka to put up 45 points um, because apparently that's not impossible. We've, we've seen it uh, happen a couple times already this week <laughs> in the NFL. So um, fingers crossed for that. Matty, what about you? Uh, honestly, I dove back into Cyberpunk with the new update. Um, it's been pretty good. I mean, there's a lot of the game that I forgot, but then a lot of the game that I remembered. So it was pretty interesting. Um, and then other than that, just golfing a lot. I'm off next week on a staycation, which honestly, I'm not going to lie. I like traveling. I like going places and doing shit, but I love me a good staycation. Like real talk. I'm going to get this shit all set up finally and organized, get all my statues up, get my lights up, all my shelves up. Finally, it's only been like a year and a half. Um, put some work in that, do some golfing, get ready for that. And just, no, just enjoy my, enjoy my time. And, you know, we're probably going to take the kid out to do some things, go see some people, go see the wife's parents, go see one of my best friends um, who I haven't seen in a while. And he hasn't seen the kids since she was born. So probably going to go see him, which means we'll just walk around with him and his old people walks at Vaughn Mills that he does every morning. Dude's 35 and he was just, I was like, what, so what'd you get up to this morning? He's like, oh, I go, I wake up every morning and he's like, I, I go for a walk. I was like, oh, where do you go? He's like, oh, I do the laps around Vaughn Mills. I was like, with the geriatrics? He's like, yeah, man. He's like, I lap them. <laughs> he's like so proud of himself. But uh, yeah, so probably hang out with him. Staycations are the best because I think we very rarely get to enjoy our own element. Like we go to work, we do this, we do that. Like, I don't think you get to stay in and enjoy the things you work for as much as as much as you th like we think we should you know yeah like to be honest it's it's one of those things where i'm excited to just organize and like take one or two of the days because i'm essentially getting a week off or a week and a half off with only having to take like three or four days because the 30th is a holiday and then it goes right into thanksgiving which is another holiday so i mean i'm just going to take one of those days and just clean the shit out of this room and get my shelves up like i said but you know what it is it's just it's nice to not have to do anything because like when you go somewhere you're just like okay i'm here we're gonna go do this we're gonna go do this we got this we, like you have a whole itinerary and it's just like i like not necessarily having an itinerary so I'm, yeah you would I'm, not I'm be better. you would not be interested in a disney world trip because that's uh that's a high stress environment of like, no, go, no, go, go. I like it. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, cause like when we, when we go to Seoul, it's a lot of like, okay, we're going to do, we do a lot of this or like when we're in Japan, we do a lot of that. And it's like, same. So like, I enjoy those, but I also like the other end of the spectrum where it's just like nothing planned, like nothing concrete. So yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm hyped. What about you, Dustin? Well, I didn't really have many plans this past weekend, but as I was walking home on Saturday night, I was like, oh, Nuit Blanche is going on. All right. There's one in my there's one in my neighborhood. Why not? There's a Nuit Blanche in your neighborhood. I'm literally walking by it. So I'm like, OK, fine. I will. I'll pop my head in. And let me tell you, 
waste of time. This is the stupidest fucking thing ever. Yes. Like, why is this a thing? Right. I drives me just... nuts. It's the most like trite, like I don't know, superficial. Like people even give people go. They don't give a fuck about art. Like nobody gives. Like no. there's supposed to be an art thing. People just go to to like stumble around and and, and be dumb. Like there's no like like there's no affinity to the arts for ninety percent of the people that go to this. I do know a dude who used to go. Well, I still know the dude, and you do too, Jim, who used to go, and he would say all the time, best place to pick up women. Like, legitimately, he was just like, you clean up at no wheat blanche. Why, because it's dark out? That's, <laughs> that's pretty rapey. No. It's actually oh, not, because awesome. it's, it's very awesome. bright. Death of the, these things. But he's like, no, man, because you, you go there, you, you talk, you have like an easy in, and he's like, you can, you know, make your way. And I was like, all right, cool. But I apparently that's that's it used to be the thing. You go down there and because like I think they also have like a lot of like places for like eating and drinking and shit around some of the. That's what I'm saying. Things. Like it's, so, it was art. Now people just go to eat and drink. It's like okay, so just go to a restaurant. Like why why are you turning this art thing into some sort of like stupid social? it's just weird to me i don't know everything everything in this city has i was talking about this with someone at work the other day everything in this stupid city has to be something and that's weird to me like every like even like we were talking about restaurants we were like even restaurants that open are like yo we're just like we're like this spot that like nobody knows about like like 15 people know about us but we're like we're like pretty underground it's like that's why your restaurant's gonna close because only 15 people know about your stupid restaurant like we don't really want like a like a big following we want to be like low-key sure you want to be broke you want to be closed that's what you want to be in three months is unemployed and in debt and it just drives me absolutely banana sandwich anyway continue on your new blanche thing all i'm saying is that it's just it's art with a purple led light on it <laughs> that's it that's it it's, it's purple leds and i the amount of people i saw taking pictures of themselves underneath a purple Ugh. led it's just like what Ugh. are we doing why is why is this a thing i mean so hey, they can oh, post hashtag nui blanche right yeah yeah to each their own i suppose but maybe just from the world of professional wrestling the amount of times i've walked in front of led lights before i figure i'm good I got, yeah. I got my lifetime cool. fill of it. I, you know, yeah. Cool, bro. I don't know. I've never, I've never really got behind it. I've never really got behind, you know, those kinds of, there was even that, what was that restaurant? Like, okay. I, I'm going to probably sound like a piece of shit for saying this, but there was that restaurant in Toronto where like blind servers serve you and it's all dark and you eat in the dark. It was like, I forget what it's called. Oh, oh, noir. Oh, noir. Yeah. Yeah. My my wife's old apartment was right like when I first met her, she lived in this grimy ass apartment that was right like next to it. Like, are you doing that like to employ the blind people, or are you doing that because you want people to experience blindness? And is that like a slight against blind people? If you're like, here, try being blind with well, this I food. Well, I think the concept. I think the concept is that if you do not have your sense of sight. Then your, your sense taste. of taste and sense of smell should be, um, I don't think heightens the right word, but it should be more accentuated. 
yeah, yeah, it's supposed to focus mostly on like the flavor of the food and not like the aesthetic of the food. Granted, someone could just serve you a piece of shit on a plate and it's like you'd be like, mm. <laughs> it's just a fucking Big Mac. Like, oh my god, yeah. this is so good. What they put on this? A, a deconstructed <laughs> Big Mac, pretty much. <laughs> right, secret sauce. <laughs> yeah, right. This is some guy jerking off on a plate. You would never yeah. know. That's the thing. You would nope. never know. If you're a dick to the blind waiter, he just jerks off on the plate. He hopes he hits it, right? And then it could be uh, could be game over for you. So well, who's to say the waiter is going to be blind? Like, it could be one of the situations where they're rocking, like, uh, night vision they, goggles or something. They could be lying. Yeah, they could just yeah. be like, I'm blind. Oh, okay. Well, Onawire has elicited the support of Horizon Travail, an organization affiliated with Employee Quebec, which helps prepare and train visually impaired people to enter the job market. So, yeah, they're blind. Well, they're, aren't we all an ONOR, technically? But, so here's here's their blurb on their, their page. It's, ONOR is North America's first ever restaurant to invite you to experience food and drinks in complete darkness. When you eat without your sight, your remaining senses are heightened to savor the smell and taste of food. After a while in complete darkness, customers gain a better understanding of what it's like to be blind. That's the restaurant's entire... <laughs> The entire wait stuff. Dude, you don't know what it's like. You don't have a better understanding what it's like to be blind eating eating a meal at a classy Are, restaurant. Okay. Th- try this is try sound, taking a piss this, by yourself. Then then you know what it's like. No no no. This is gonna sound really asshole ish. And it's like I understand like being vision impaired is tough, especially it with is. like the world we live in and whatever. I don't wanna know what that's like, to be honest. I enjoy being able to see. But that's what I'm saying. It's like wait, high school. I mean, I don't know if we did this on the on the podcast before. Remember the 48 hour famine? Oh uh, yeah, it's like yeah, because you know you experiencing 48 hours of no of food. hunger is the same as this little kid somewhere who has to eat bugs and dirt. And here we are in the gym playing N64, being like, ah, oh. <laughs> and kids We're, sneaking in snacks. And those kids, kids somewhere, in, like, wherever, are like, dude. If I was one of those kids who's hungry, I'm like. Listen, fuckface, you have pizza. Eat the pizza. I don't have pizza. So, like, I would never be like, hey, man, can you just not eat for 40 hours so all things are equal? Like, that's that's not, I don't know. It yeah, feels like, like you the don't same know thing. what it's like. Right. I don't know. Yeah, it reminds me of, like, when you're a kid and you don't want to finish all your dinner. So your parents, like, guilt you into be like, well, there's so many kids in the world that don't have anything to eat. You should eat your food. And then... I, th- I think at some point my response was like, can we just like pack this up and send it to them? <laughs> like I was young. I didn't quite understand. I wasn't trying to be a smart ass, but at the same right. time I was being a smart ass. And I well, don't think there's really a rebuttal to that. See, the Asian way is not even like to guilt you into eating. You're like, all right, they just take it away and you don't get anything. <laughs> They're just like, all right, cool. <laughs> and then that's it. And you want to complain and too bad. That's, that's how it was for us, both with like our mom who's, uh, very hardcore Eastern European in terms of the upbringing. So she'd just be like, fine, fuck it. You don't get anything and just take her plate away. And I'd be like, what? Oh, I'll eat it. <laughs> the other thing too is how many restaurants in the city are fusion now? Everything's fusion. And it drives me, that also drives me crazy. Like I just want Italian. I don't want Italian Jamaican fusion. That's not what no, I want. No, no. Some, some of them are like legit. Like some of them I no. can appreciate. And I don't say, want yes, spaghetti they're... doubles. Like I don't want, you know, like I just... Just give me the spaghetti or give me the doubles. I don't want, you know, friggin' goat curry empanadas. Like, that's not what I want. It's, it's just everything. It's all right. 
I know that was a pretty good idea. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start I'm gonna start, <laughs> <Call it> fusion, <laughs> I'm start Indian Spanish fusion tomorrow. <laughs> no, and call it fusions. Yeah, right. There we go. No, I, I I'm, only I'm 15 on people with, know about it. We're pretty low key. Yeah, I I'm on board with fusion because one of my favorite restaurants in the area that we live is a fusion place. So sure, I'm, but like everybody has to be fusion. It's like they hit a randomizer and they're like, what two countries did we end up with? No, I don't mind fusion restaurants. I hate when people describe a fusion restaurant to you. (laughs) (laughs) That drives you nuts because they get so into it. And then the hand reactions are always the same. It's like you guys can see this for those. Like it's kind of like we take like Ethiopian (laughs) and you put like (laughs) a Spanish spin on it. And it's like they're turning (laughs) an orb. An orb. (laughs) It's kind of like an open people who like craft beer like that's the other one like oh, yeah. shout out to our stepbrother who loves craft beer but at the same time dude's, dude's legitimately had like over a thousand beers probably like not in terms of like consumed in his life i mean different types of beers he no, has hey, an app like, that tracks if you're like all. super passionate and you're just like the, that's like what i hate when people are like <laughs> as soon as they go the hops i'm like i'm out like i don't care no, no. anymore okay what I appreciate about our stepbrother is he's not a snob about it or he's no. not pretentious and he's no. not pushy about it. He's like, I just like trying them and whatever. Right. But I hate the people that like they walk into a bar and the first thing is, what's your craft selection like? Like it's like they make it their identity. When they knew we blanched their craft beer. Yeah. I'm just like, and Dustin's like, oh, fuck up, craft beer. <laughs> no, I don't think he's much of a craft beer guy. No. I, really. I, I can't drink beer anymore to be honest i like i stick to whiskey and that's it dude like i fully entered alcohol in general for me the minute i take a sip and i don't know if this is normal that i immediately have to take a shit like immediately i'm like as soon as i take a sip i'm like i go take a shit beer makes me sleep though that's why one reason i can't drink beer is i have one and i'm ready for a nap i think that's just our age showing because it could be yeah yeah I think everyone at some point, I remember back in my 20s, I was working in like bars and restaurants, like you'd have guys come in and they're like, hey, I'll get a Coors Light. And I'm just laughing in my to myself because I'm like, you fucking pussy drinking a Coors Light, you know. But now that I'm Coors Light, please now literally did that (laughs) earlier this week. I sat out of the bar. I'm like, I got a Coors Light (laughs) because I don't want to feel bloated later. Like, I just don't want that. Michelob Ultra, please. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Give me the. Sleeman clear or something like give me you, something light because but like even not in my 20 like i would say even the early like the mid smash days with like those tours or stuff we'd get mighty liquored do you remember um i remember one time i stole uh shane saber's bottle of gray goose and i cleared it were you at that uh barry's bay i don't recall that but i do remember a barry's bay trip where uh alan taylor was literally chugging a bottle of jack daniels no, I think this was the one where uh, Ian threw the chair in the tree, and he was in the oven. I mean, all this sounds familiar, and I can they believe Ian blend. did all of They're these all, things. It's from but... every year, really. Yeah, no, but I don't. I just can't do it anymore. I'd like honestly, no. I'd rather like smoke my my like weed vaporizer and then just pass out. Like that's no. For me, it's like a night. Like if I'm doing that, like I don't have the hard nights where it's you go out and you just balls to the wall type deal. I can't do that anymore. Mostly because I just don't want to like waking up the next morning and feeling like shit and dehydrated and just like feeling off. It's just not worth it to me. 
like I can still have fun with people and just being like, all right, I don't need to get loaded. But if I do and have a bevy, it's typically whiskey just because one, it's to me personally better tasting and more enjoyable. You can sip it. You can have it different ways. You can, you know, straight, you know, with ice. Some are better with ice as the water melts and dilutes as long as they don't just throw fucking ice cubes in there and they have the proper ice balls and shit like that. But no, that's. I was talking about this the other day of, you know, when you go on a road trip and you end up in Chicago, the the thing is like, oh, you got to try deep dish pizza. Yeah. Right. You go to New York City, like, oh, you got to get like a, a Brooklyn style, like New York pizza. Or you got to go to, uh, oh, what's that sandwich place uh, down like on the Lower East Side? Um, whatever the fuck it's called. Like, you got to get like a deal. Here? No, in New York City. Oh, fucking no. Ooh, that's going to bother me now. It doesn't matter. There's, there's a deli on the Lower East Side that everyone says you have to get a sandwich there. And every time I go to New York City, I get a sandwich there. And it's fucking incredible. I'm going there this weekend. Anyways. So to, what is it? Oh, I'll look it. it up and I'll yeah. let you know. Uh, absolutely. You have to go there. Yeah, I'm there Friday um, and, and Saturday. I want to know if you're able to eat the whole sandwich. So last time I was there, it was my friend's wedding. And me and my buddy Paul were there to go to the wedding. And Paul, for reference, six foot four. Probably 200 plus pounds. Okay. He's a big dude. And me, like <laughs> barely five foot six. And, you know, I'm pushing about like 185 now. I'm about a middleweight right now. I crushed the entire sandwich and Paul only ate half the fucking thing. So I want to, I'm curious if you're going to be able to eat the sandwich entirely. Um, is it just because I'm a pig or uh, do we actually have more grounds to make fun of Paul? Anyways, is it Ben's Gourmet Deli? It is not. Okay. <laughs> it's a, um, it's a, no, <laughs> like, like, like it's it's super popular in New York City because like we went there, I want to say just after eleven a.m. and they were just starting the lunch service at eleven, and we walked right in at eleven fifteen. By the time we got our sandwiches and we were sitting down, Ram. there was a line down the block, yeah. like line out the door and down the block. So you're gonna want to go. Well, I land uh, I'll look at like I land at one thirty, so might be a cool oh, well, stop. You might get a late lunch. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm fine with that. Um, anyway, so what I was getting at is, uh, if you are to open a restaurant in Toronto, and you're like, okay, we're gonna have the menu be Toronto specific foods. What what is that thing? Fusion. <laughs> well, because of how multicultural the city is, it would it be? Yeah. It'd be like, hey, I have a Jamaican, Indian, Asian, white fusion steak casserole Kongan. bowl. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's literally what it would be. And I'll tell you this right now, hundred percent. If someone tried to pull that off, it would taste like shit. Hawaiian Italian fusion. It's just Hawaiian pizzas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or just a couple slices of pineapple on a pasta. Yeah. Just grilled pineapple on my spaghetti. I bet you that would taste yo, fucking good. Yo, grilled pineapple from like Braza or mm. Copacabana. Mm. You know, Copacabana closed their downtown location. <laughs> yeah, probably. Wait, the Agl- not the Eglinton one. No, that's their midtown location. There's yeah, there yeah. was a downtown one in like Adelaide or something. No, nevertheless, I love um, those spots. I think what I, we settled on was like, I guess it's like Jamaican beef patties. 
<laughs> like I feel like that's the, the Toronto thing, dude. So and the 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 flea market has a place that has like in their food court that has Jamaican beef patties as a sandwich in the cocoa bread. So like yeah. it's yeah, yeah, which is and the, or you can just have the patty opened with lettuce, tomato, and whatever. Yeah, which is great. That's what I mean. Like stuffed Jamaican <laughs> beef patties are a thing in Toronto and the surrounding areas. But it's weird. I don't know if that's a thing. It is weird. And I was because like, ev- I, but everyone on my TikTok now, because I watched one funny video of some dude talking like he's from Toronto. And now he like he does that Toronto speak that I try and explain to everybody and nobody understands what I'm talking about. And it drives me so crazy that people in Toronto talk like this and they have no business speaking like this. Like, they're, they're, like bro, you're from Thornhill. It's... It's like that the lyric from the song, the uh, Cardinal Fishall song, um, the anthem. You're familiar with the song, I hope. Yeah, I remember that song. One of the lyrics in that song is, we speak patois and proper English. So I think that's the best way to describe it. It's like a a combined patois proper English that ends up being what these uh, Toronto mans are speaking. I guess what I'm saying is that really shouldn't be our anthem. What, the patois and proper English? Yeah. <laughs> no, it shouldn't be. I, I think there's only a certain subset I'm trying to find of people out. that talk I'm about trying that. to find where I saw it and see if I can find it. Yeah, here. This guy. Oh, all right. No one's ever heard my real voice, so here we go. Brody, are you fucking coke? This is how I talk, my you. Like, what, you think I'm playing around or something, Ruski? doesn't matter where I am, fam. I could be at the mall. I'm still going to be talking like this. I could go to a fucking job interview right now, and I'll walk in and be like, yo, what are you guys saying, Crody? What is a Crody? I, I don't know, man. It's I, I, I'll, Not only is it a, a very, um, I don't know, a specific type of way of speaking in a specific part of the city, I think it's also just a, an age gap thing. I think we're just too old at this point. Honestly, I'll, I'll, the only job he's going for talking like that is not any that we would be there for. <laughs> like, uh-huh. not in any of our industries. That's for sure. Because I'll, I'll tell you this right now. If I was hiring or some of the people I work with that were doing the hiring, they'd get the hell out. Maybe he has a low-key yeah, restaurant. Just... <laughs> <laughs> so, Jamaican beef patties. And the other one I came up with, I guess, uh, the pea-milled bacon sandwich. I feel like that's the Dude. the Toronto thing. Friendly house. Now we're talking about sandwiches. I could really hammer Cubano right now. Friendly house. P-meal and egg sandwich. Yeah, but that thing's like $30 now. It is like $30, but it's so good. (laughs) I mean, everything's like $30 now. Um, Anyways, we we should move on. Although I have one other thing I want to bring up (laughs) before we do. Um, Because it's now officially fall. Um, Unfortunately, September 21st has passed and is no longer summer. We are now into autumn of 2021. Or autumn of 2023. Oof. I know, Jesus. I just went back in time there for a second. And something I wore yesterday is similar to what James is currently wearing today. And that is, of course, the flannel. Once the leaves start changing color, the flannel starts coming out. And for you, (laughs) I wear flannel year round, sir. Well, I, I don't recommend wearing something like that in the summer. However, my question is, after seeing the show Letter Kenny, which I'm sure both of you have seen, are you still able to confidently wear blue flannel? Or do you think at that point, 
or at this point, the blue flannel is now reserved for the Quebecois, and you are not allowed to wear it. I've never worn flannel. My I've never goodness. worn blue flannel. It's always been red well, and black. That's what I'm saying. So maybe it's not even like you had to make the decision. You already su- subconsciously made the decision to say, nope, that blue flannel, nope, that's uh, for the Quebecers. I can't I've worn that. like uh, blue, like checkered shirts, but not like specifically flannel. No. no like from never, American I've Eagle. Never worn, yeah, I've never worn flannel in my life. Just try yeah, it out. Like, no, it's... I'm telling you, man. So a part of the my TikTok algorithm now is like men's fashion and men's fall fashion this year it's i'm telling you men's fall fashion this year are the um the straight leg jeans light wash blue light wash straight leg jeans of course a white sneaker of some sort like a canvas sneaker and then a blank t-shirt black or white depending on what color flannel you're wearing and then like an unbuttoned flannel on top and then you accessorize with some sort of uh necklace with it no so nui blanche eh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> It was uh, it was real dark, and there was some light sprinkled in. And I guess that's a good way to also describe this week's NFL schedule. There's a lot of darkness, and there's a lot of light here and there. Um, we might as well just... Actually, you know what? Let's dial back to our picks for week three. And we might have to also dial back a little bit further, because as we were recording last week... Uh, it was during Monday Night Football, so we weren't able to get a full update on what the week three picks were. If you recall, I picked Miami over the New England Patriots, and that, of course, won. James picked the Chargers over the Titans, which, of course, did not win. But we were still waiting on the result of Monday Night Football, which is the Browns over the Steelers was Maddie's pick, which did not happen. I had to look that up, and I was like, really? <laughs> the Browns lost that game to the Steelers, but okay. So dumb. So going into this Deshaun week, Watson ain't it. I had two right. James had none. And Maddie had one right. Now, on to week three. I had picked the Buffalo Bills over the Washington Commanders. And that was correct. I'm a perfect three for three this year in the NFL. Maddie picked the Dolphins over the Broncos. You know, that, I know that was a tight game. And that could have gone either way. <laughs> But um, they only won by 50. Uh, Maddie did uh, get the victory there. And then James, of course, following suit with his trend, he picked the Jacksonville Jaguars over the Houston Texans. And of course, the Texans won that game. So updated standings. I have three out of three. Maddie has two out of three. And James is 0 for 3 so far this season. You know, the only... It's almost your record is almost as bad as New York Jets record. <laughs> I just I, I felt I had to get that in there. You know, just it's fun to make fun of the New York Jets. Uh, all right. So Thursday night game, Giants, 49ers. 49ers oh. took care of their business. The <laughs> Niners are now three and oh. I had a I had a nine leg parlay on that game. Dustin, I went six for nine. Nice. would have paid $20,000 and it was yeah I picked a bunch of guys to score a touchdown including Matt Breda who scored a touchdown where I lost was McCaffrey under four and a half receiving uh, or runner under four and a half catches he had like five and then I picked uh, somebody else it was Kittle under Kittle so many yards receiving and, or 
I thought it was the touchdown because he didn't get one. Yeah, Kittle to score a touchdown and then somebody else uh, and him under receiving. And both those things didn't happen. Buddy, I'm going to hit it. I'm going to make 20 grand off FanDuel this year. You watch. I'm close. Well, I am pleased to announce that I made, uh, well, I shouldn't say I made because I lost on two other parlays. <laughs> but one of my tickets, <laughs> I had like a five team parlay. And after the first quarter of the one o'clock games, all my picks were winning. So I, it was like a $5 bet that would have paid me like 40 bucks if they had won. But there's a cash out option for 12 bucks. I'm like, yep, I'll take it. I'll take the cash double. out right now. Double. And doubled my money. No problem. And sure enough, the Ravens ended up fucking falling apart in overtime. So I would have lost that five whole dollars. So sometimes the cash out is worth looking into, you know, for, for the Monday nighter. I currently have a six leg parlay. I have the Eagles by four and a half which the spread changed because now it's five and a half. So I locked in at four and a half, which is I'll take it. I have DeAndre Swift, anytime touchdown score, Mike Evans, anytime touchdown score and Jalen Hurts, anytime touchdown score. And then I have the Rams money line in under 43 and a half points total. I like that. And it's an $835 payout. Let's go. Okay. That's not, that's not bad at all. We'll have to keep an eye on that one tonight. Oh, I will. Uh, Yeah. Like you said, Matt Burita did score a touchdown, which kind of pissed me off because I picked him up in fantasy and then dropped him again. But hey, you know what? That's I how took it goes. him. Oh, did you actually start him? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have Raheem and then, uh Oh, yeah. We'll get, to, we'll get to the Miami Dolphins in a second. Daniel Jones, though. 137 yards, no touchdown, one interception. He rushed for five yards. Um, I don't know what to say about the New York football giants remember uh when remember when james thought darren waller was gonna have a hell of a year dude shut remember up that? you thought the bears were gonna win the division i did say that <laughs> listen i don't know what's going on with the giants i feel like like now especially now with saquon hurt you'd feel like they would be look and listen you watch a couple of those plays in that game they did run waller as a wide receiver at times um but it's just it's not coming together for that team and i feel like that entire division now is is wide open i it's i mean i think it's it's the packers right now yeah probably what in terms of leading the division uh, the packers are two and one but so are the lions so take your pick of who's actually the leader of that division yeah i just think like the vikings are well and we'll get to the vikings actually when we talk jets um but the Vikings are now 0-3, and I'm sure we'll get to that game too. Um, Why will we talk the Vikings when we get to the Jets? <laughs> oh, well, well, you'll see. We'll see. Okay. I'm I trying to put those two together. I know where he's going with it. Okay. All right. Well, I was, I was actually going to talk about the Jets when we uh, talk about the Dolphins, but I think you can piece that one together, just the fact that they're division rivals. But we'll get to that in a second. But first, we have to get to uh, what was... M- I was going to say what was Maddie's pick last week, but it wasn't. I don't know why I'm making that up. Maybe because I'm looking at the week prior. But this one was the Browns and the Titans. And a couple things here on this game. Um, one, I think the Browns' defense is the real deal. Miles I, Garrett is him. I am a little concerned. As a Ravens fan, I'm a little concerned about the Browns. Just their defense, not necessarily anything else about them. Because offensively, 
Uh, um, did you see some of those plays by Deshaun Watson where the man's throwing the wrong backwards. way? backwards. He threw it the wrong way. Yeah, dude, you're going the wrong way, sir. Uh, but they got the listen. The Browns' offense also got dicked a couple times. There's a deep pass to Amari Cooper where he wasn't out of bounds at all, and he should have ran oh, for a touchdown. Close. They called him out of bounds. Not even sure why. I feel like that's one of those situations where the sideline official just has the whistle in their mouth and he exhaled too hard. <laughs> and he's like, oops. He's like, oh, what a catch. Like, oops. <laughs> yeah. Because I can't see any other reason why he would have blown a whistle in that situation. It's weird. Like, it's like every play for the Browns, though, either Deshaun Watson throws this incredibly long pass that gets caught by either like Peoples Jones or Cooper, or he completely fucks it up and throws it the wrong way. It's very odd. Right. If you look at if you look at just the box scores, you're like, he threw for almost 300 yards and two touchdowns. Like, it doesn't seem like a bad night at the office. But if you watched him, you know, play the game of football, it was it was ugly. also and Jerome Ford looks legit. He does. And just the mere fact that he does makes me believe that he's going to have a horrendous game next week. Just because <laughs> they're the Browns. Because, you, you know, you and picked like, him up, didn't you? No, I didn't. I picked up no. Kareem Hunt, actually, because I assumed at some point they're going to go to Kareem Hunt. And they may I, not I, now. <laughs> we'll see. The Browns. They do the yeah. Browns things. Someone who does need a running back, though, is the Tennessee Titans. Cause yeah. oh boy, Derrick Henry, fucking at one point up until like the fourth quarter was minus yards. <laughs> Just couldn't get a damn thing going. Now is it entirely Derrick Henry's fault? Maybe, probably not though. I think there's some significant issues with that offensive line in in Tennessee. I think that uh, entire Henry... offense in Tennessee is is kind of off kilter. Like I mean, Tannehill is not the best. Um, and, like, I don't think they're ready to go to Malik Willis. I don't think they want to go to Malik Willis. I don't think Malik Willis knows how to play football. So, you know, and you've got you've got pieces. Like, Henry's a good piece. Uh, they have Traylon, who's okay. Like, it's it's just they have DeAndre Hopkins, who I picked up thinking, like, Tannehill's got to throw to somebody. And there's a reason why I dropped him, eh. Hopkins. Yeah, there's yeah. a reason why I dropped him. Uh, you know what? The Titans really could use this guy like A.J. Brown. But, you know, like... <laughs> I still have never understand why they traded that man. No. The next game on the list, the Falcons and the Lions. Lions look good at home. Uh, Falcons did not look good at all. I think this could have been more out of hand than it actually was. But the Lions got the business done, and that's really all that matters. They didn't. The Falcons didn't get to Bijan. The Lions' defense looks significantly better than anyone's given them credit for. Uh, they played really well in that first game against the Chiefs. They played really well uh, this game against the the Falcons, who have looked pretty good. Like Ritter's looked solid. Um, you know, Drake London's looked all right. I mean, like I said, that you know, Maddie loves that one-two punch of Alijay and Bijan in Atlanta. It's Algier, <laughs> Alijay, Algier, Al- Algie, Algier. Algie Eater, whatever. Yeah. Whatever his name is. There's a lot of those in the NFL, unfortunately, like just random names that are like, you would never say these names ever in your life. No. Oh, Don Cherry my way through the whole player. fucking league. I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> Al, Al Giergi. Um <laughs> But, uh, you know, I don't think, I don't think the Falcons are totally out of it. Like, I still think they're a half decent team. Uh, I don't, I don't think this game is indicative of them being a poor team. I just think, 
again, I think the Lions, I think people underestimate Jared Goff as a quarterback because he doesn't play the same quarterback. He's a traditional quarterback. He's not a Jalen Hurts. He's not Patty Mahomes. He doesn't scramble and make these weird. He sits in the pocket. Funnily enough, kind of like a guy like, I'm not saying he's, but he plays a similar game to Tom Brady. He's not, he doesn't, he's not Tom Brady. He's not as good as Tom Brady, but they play similar games. He has his weapons and he uses them. Although he did run in for a touchdown and people, the even the commentators were freaking out. They're like, who had Jared Goff running in for it, calling his own number and running in for a touchdown? And he basically walked in because even the defense was like, there's no fucking way Jared Goff's running this <laughs> right. touchdown in. Um, but like DeAndre, uh, not DeAndre Swift, sorry. Amon Ross St. Brown is so good. Uh, Jameer Gibbs was, eh. I still think that he's trying to find his footing. Um I think it's hard when you had a guy like David Montgomery who would punch the ball in the middle and Gibbs is much more of a shifty back. So, yeah, good game, though. Saints and Packers was our next game. Packers get the victory again. I don't know if I believe in love just yet, but he's playing well. And just like, is it is it possible Green Bay is going to do this? Of like, we have Brett Favre, and now forget Brett Favre. We have Aaron Rodgers, and forget Aaron Rodgers. We have Jordan Love. It's like there's like almost no hiccup in this goddamn team. They just find a way to transition from one quarterback to the next. Like I mean, this is probably the ideal way you should run a football team, honestly. Like rather than be the Cleveland Browns who've gone through 25 different quarterbacks over the past 10 years trying to see who someone that will stick. Um, I got nothing else on this game, though. <laughs> I mean, you could say the same thing about the Steelers, though. Like, the Steelers in 17, 18 years have not missed the playoffs. Yeah, maybe Tomlin's never missed the playoffs. Okay, a crazy note about this game the Packers were held scoreless for much of this game and won. Yeah, they sure were. Which. I mean, th- th- that's a sign of a, a good team, right? They don't. They didn't give up. Um, it's just how they find ways to win with nothing. Like Romeo Dobbs is their number one option. I forget some guy named Reed. I think is in there. Like Myron Reed or something. I don't know. Isn't Myron Reed a wrestler? Myron, <laughs> Myron Reed is in fact a wrestler. You're thinking of uh, Jaden Reed. Sure. Yeah, that's I know. Guy. I'm with you, man. Like anytime I'm watching a, a Green Bay game, like someone will make a catch. I'm like, who is Musgrave? Like who's Wicks? <laughs> like, there's so many guys. I'm like, I don't know who these guys are, but you know, they're they're who? out there making plays and they're yeah, <laughs> they're out there making plays and they're making more plays than every time a they score a touchdown. That's me. I'm who? Who's that guy? Yeah. And I'm just waiting for it, Christian it, Watson to come back. Yeah, me too. Because I have him. Oh, well, good luck with that. And now on to the game that everyone was talking about. It was the now 0-3 Denver Broncos against the now 3-0 Miami Dolphins. If you haven't heard about this game yet, the final score was the Broncos 20 and the Dolphins 70. It was the most amount of points scored in the history of the NFL since like 1966 or something. Which was like 72 points. Yeah, 72 points. It wasn't that far off. I almost wanted them to see if they could just go for it. Well, they they could have. They could have. And they didn't. They took a knee, yeah. 
they took the knee and it would have been within range for Sanders. So, I mean, there's not really much to say about this game other than, yeah, the Dolphins are good. Are they a consistently 70 point or like high scoring team like that? Probably not. I think it's more indicative of how terrible and trash the Bears are. Like, if you're the Bears and you're the, the Bears Broncos, fan, or sorry, Broncos, same shit though. If you're, yeah, same shit. If you're the Broncos and like, how shitty do you feel? Because not only you gave up all that shit for Russell Wilson, like if you're a fan, but he's not even good, not anymore. Oh, well, okay. So to be to be fair to Russ, like he threw for 300 yards and a touchdown. Um, it sure wasn't great, but he wasn't the worst part of that team. The issue was clearly the defense of the Broncos. And you know what? Um, there was there was plenty of fumbles. So there was also that. So yeah, the offense did uh, didn't exactly hold onto the ball when they should have, and they kept turning it over in you know in the red zone territory. Like, at that, least yeah. like two or three times they turned it over in the red zone. And they had no oh, yeah. answer so, yeah. for Miami's their, their run defense. Listen, eight touchdowns between Moster and a, a, again a chain Akane Akane Akane. It's no, it's Achani. <laughs> not even Achen, close. Achen? It's 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 Devon Achan. Okay, Achan. Got it. Achan. Achan. <laughs> we, we need to get it right because I feel like we're going to be talking about Achan a lot. Uh, this year because you don't just accidentally get 203 yards on the ground and two touchdowns that was just rushing uh hn ended up getting another 30 yards through the air and two more touchdowns so four touchdowns all day for devon hn and then yeah most are not too far behind him he didn't have the yard numbers he only had 82 yards on the ground but he had three touchdowns on the ground <laughs> and then through the air another 60 yards 60 another 60 yards for Mostert. And another score. What, what drove me nuts about this game was that I have Tyreek Hill. I'm like, there's 70 points scored in this game, and Tyreek Hill has one touchdown. Like, you gotta be kidding me. How many waiver claims do you think are in H hand across fantasy football? At least mine in every week? league that I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I have like 10th priority, so I'm already uh, aware I'm not gonna get him, but. I still put in a claim just in case. Oh, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see the the waiver report come out this week where it's going to say uh, Devon Achan uh, claimed by whomever and then other <laughs> other claims. Oh, other claims. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> like nine other claims. Like everyone in the league put in a claim for this man. Yeah, probably. I mean, you know what impresses me out of all this though, really, is the stability and effectiveness of Tua. In the first three games. Oh, d- dude, he looked so good. Like, some of these no-look passes he's throwing for touchdowns. The no-look like, shovel was doing? unreal. Right. That was nuts, yeah. I don't know. That like, was crazy. He had, a, he, had a hard, he had a hot start last year, and it wasn't, wasn't until he got hurt that things kind of went south. And I wonder, I mean... It was, it was last year this time. I'm pretty sure it was week three uh, during Thursday Night Football, where, yeah, where he got... His bell rung, and for whatever reason, they left him in the game, and he got his bell rung again the fa- after the that. Fencing pose, yeah, yeah. So good for him that he's able to bounce back, and he is very clearly one of the top quarterbacks in the league right now. Like it's him and Kirk Cousins in terms of like production, right? Yeah, well, Kirk Cousins is always a fantasy monster, right? 
Yeah, that's the thing. It's he he he's easily minimum twenty five points every week. What I should I, trade him. I'm him and Hurts. What I will say about the Broncos, if I can say anything positive, that one touchdown that was scored by Cortland Sutton, hmm. where Wilson just kind of scrambled out of the pocket, and Sutton just said, "You know what." I'm going Rover. <laughs> he just like made up his own route and ran to the corner of the end zone and got a touchdown like that. That shows the ability of Cortland Sutton to like be aware of what's happening in the game around him and to find a way to make a play and credit to Russell Wilson for finding him and making that play. So that's what I would say positive about the Broncos. But yeah, going forward to next week, and I know we're going to tee up all of next week's games, but Oh boy, that game with the Broncos versus the Bears, the Battle of the Threes, the Shit Bowl. It's, the Shit Bowl. We should we should bowl. bet on that game just for fun. Oh, I'm gonna just just bet like do a same game parlay five bucks and like try and you know over passing yards take the under over the passing yards for just take, like just Justin take the under Green. on everything but over <laughs> on like interceptions and turnovers, fumbles, yeah, <laughs> defensive defensive return scores. Uh, speaking of 0-3 teams, though, uh, the Minnesota Vikings lost their third game against the L.A. Chargers. Uh, you know what? That Okay, Herbert had a hell of a game. Good game overall. Like a back-and-forth game that was actually like really exciting. And I think the reason why Herbert had a hell of a game is because Austin Eckler is still out. And now with a second opportunity... Josh Kelly has proved that he cannot get it done. Like they are toast at the running back position without Austin Eckler right now. I don't care who they put back there. They are not producing. Josh Kelly had 11 carries for 12 yards. You know who is producing though? Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen had that reverse, like the, not a reverse, but the, the lateral throw, the back and, and he threw for a touchdown. He threw for like 45 yards. For a touchdown. And the problem now, of course, as you mentioned, yeah, Mike Williams had a a tremendous game, but Williams now out with an injury. Yeah. Yeah, he might be done for the season, actually. I think it's an ACL. Time for Canadian Josh Palmer to step up. Yeah. So Josh Palmer is your next man up. Um, I think he's proven time and time again that he's not the guy. So (laughs) expect a lot of targets to Keenan Allen. And hopefully Austin Eckler is back for the Chargers' sake next week because they really need him and right they're one and two right now but I, I feel like if they get Eckler back and they get that running game going just a little bit they could start you know getting this moving in the right direction a and team moving in the oh and three wrong by the way, oh and three teams traditionally have like a zero percent chance of making the playoffs yeah, so the only only three teams that we have right now that we that we've talked about so far on this episode is the Broncos, Dolphins, and Vikings. Uh, there will be another three and O team coming up later down the list. Actually, a couple more. But before we get to that, we got to talk about the team that should be zero and three right now. A team that somehow has one win, and when I look back at Week One, I'm still curious exactly how that happened. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the New York Jets as they lost to the New England Patriots in what was, I, I think I described yesterday afternoon as watching a couple high school football teams play. Yeah, look, boring. I know there was weather. The weather was weathering, okay? Still boring. 
What a boring game. There was a whole lot of nothing going on in this game. And here's a fun stat. Here's a here's a fun stat for you guys, okay? Um, Zach Wilson, 157 yards, zero touchdowns. Do you can you name a quarterback who had more than zero touchdowns this week in the NFL? Yeah, probably a lot. I'm, 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 I'm giving you too much there. How about this? How about a former Jet who scored more than zero touchdowns this week? Geno Smith. That of. That, of course, oh, yeah, Geno Smith is a great answer. I forgot about Geno Smith. Uh, that would be Mike White, of course, who came in and played a few snaps for the Miami Dolphins and had 67 yards through the air and a touchdown. Yeah, I so, could have had 67 yards and a touchdown in that game. <laughs> that's a fair point. Oh, that's a fair point. It was point. a bad game. Uh, there was one drive at the end of the game where the Jets did get their touchdown on the... Uh, on the Bowden touchdown where it looked good. Like Zach controlled the field, went down the field. It's just, they can't put it together. And there's the infighting starting to start again. They on the sidelines, Garrett Wilson and Zach Wilson were at each other. Michael Carter was yelling at the running back coach. Like there might be some problems. I mean, obviously when you're not having success, like, and you, and you have these expectations of yourself and other people, those things are going to get heightened. Here's where I was going to talk um, about my idea. And it's not really my idea. I've seen it floating around, and I think I might be into it. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. The New York Jets should trade for Kirk Cousins. Yes, okay. It all makes sense now. That I, Yeah, okay, I got you. Because well, Kirk Cousins is on the last year of his deal. The Vikings aren't going to make the playoffs. They're not going to. And the Jets, I mean, the way they built this, they, they built this team to be in win-now mode. So I don't think they can waste a year of pissing off Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Sauce Gardner. Like, you can't. Now, here's the only problem. Zach Wilson again for another week in a row. The pass rush was real good. Yeah, because your O-line fucking sucks. Having Kirk Cousins does not solve that O-line. So I don't know, man. But if, I, if I'm that, I'm, lo- I'm looking over at the Vikings and I'm thinking, well, this guy only has this year left on his contract, and I don't know if they're going to want to commit to this guy long term because I imagine the Vikings are about to head into a rebuild. Oh, well, for I, Cousins and for Jefferson, they could get a lot if they deal them. Yeah, right. So I don't know if they'll deal Jefferson. He's still kind of young, but no, if he because if he's if there's any sign of a rebuild, he'll want out. I don't think so. I, I agree with James for I think he's young enough to where you could spin a rebuild around in a couple of years, depending on what you get for Kirk Cousins and depending on what other moves you make. Like, I I presume the Vikings are going to be fighting for, you know, first pick in the draft this year, right? Like, that's how bad they've been, at least what their record shows. Like, being th- 0-3 at the beginning of the year is never good. And the fact that three two of those three losses have come at home, it's... Yeah. That's, that's bad. So, and if you lose Kirk Cousins... Yeah, like there's you're, a very good chance. That you're, yeah. Yeah. So. The question is like, when do you make this? When are you making this trade? So and the reason I'm asking this is I feel like the Jets should have made a trade two weeks ago. But for whatever reason, they've stuck with Zach Wilson. At what point do you say, OK, fuck, we need to make a move? I is think it, you let, I think you get your shit handed to you in the Kansas game. 
because I, I don't think you want to put anyone else in front of Kansas, and then you go from there. And I because you could still recover one and three. I don't think you can recover, you know, too much more after that. So, and their and their schedule isn't the easiest. The Jets this year going forward, they got to play the Dolphins twice. Yeah, but depending on when they play the Dolphins, Dolphins may not play their entire team because it'll be near the end of the year and they'll be safely into the playoffs. They don't even need to. Also, I, don't know, I feel like I looked it up and I think it's not that late in the year. I could be wrong, but one if, is early. I, one, I think one is later, but I don't know. The Jets are going to have to do something like either Zach Wilson's going to have to figure it out because I don't think they can waste this year. And if they truly believe in Zach deep, like somewhere, somebody actually believes in the kid, they can't keep letting him fuck this up, especially at home. Yeah, he's getting shit on at home. Honestly, like in my mind, it's I think you're at the point with Zach Wilson. You have to probably deal him. You're going to have to get someone to just come in for the rest of the season. And I know they're in win now mode, but let's be honest. It's the division they're in. They're not going to make it. Um, So if you know, there's no point in spinning mediocrity and trying to get in or you know trying to just be like well competitive third and whatever like that's at this point they're going to be lucky not to be bottom of the division so you see what you can get for wilson in terms of offensive line help for next year for when rogers is here and then if you finish and you bottom out and you're a one in whatever team or two in whatever team and you have a top three four pick i mean you're looking at a Caleb Williams, if, although he'll go first overall, maybe a Drake May. But, maybe a Sanders. Well, he's the number three ranked QB right now, right? Like Shador's number three. Yeah. So. And he says he wants to wait to the following year if he's not going to be number one. Right. So, I mean, Caleb Williams is probably the consensus number one pick. <clears throat> but as of right now, he's probably going to Minnesota. But again, it's only week three. I mean, Minnesota can come and win a stretch of five straight games. Like I, that wouldn't surprise me if that did happen. Um, so if the Jets are looking at a top one-two pick, you may reset and say Wilson move on, bring in a Q- younger QB draft, and have Rogers mentor that kid for a year or two. Yeah, I don't. I just don't think they can waste a year on a kid. Like they're gonna, and I, I don't. I think when they look at the board of who's currently quote unquote available, you know, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz both expressed interest that they would play. I mean, hey, do they do they give you much better chance? Joe Flacco, just saying. No. <laughs> no. So Joe Flacco is always always an option. My favorite meme so far this uh week had to be that play where Zach Wilson was like scrambling and did a <laughs> Sacked little himself. Yeah, did oh, no, a little spinorama move and then tackled himself. And the caption was that Manti Teo's girlfriend with the sack. I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> that's just that's yeah. cold blooded right there. Yeah. Uh, the only team that the Jets managed to beat this year was the Buffalo Bills. And they were playing the Washington Commanders in Washington. And the Bills just stomped the Commanders. Bills defense. Just did whatever they wanted to do. Bills I got nothing else on that game. The yeah. Bills yeah. defense was very good. A couple interceptions. Very good. This one was James's pick of the week. And Fuck James off. picked the Jaguars over the Texans, which did not work out. Uh, the Texans 
came out with a victory here. 37-17. Both teams now 1-2. Jacksonville moves to 0-2 at home. So read, much for Duval. Read me uh, C.J. Stroud's stat line, if you got it. Well, I can. I do have it here. It, I, he, for yards in the air, it was 280 yards. He, had, he was 20 completions for 30 attempts. 280 yards, two touchdowns. That doesn't sound like a bad game. No, it's a good game. Yeah. Very and then good. on the ground, he had three rushes for 14 yards. So nothing uh, to write home about there. That's what you Hank want to see Dell, out of a rookie. That's what you want to see out of a rookie quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Tank Dell. <laughs> five receptions, 145 yards and a touchdown. Unreal. I I really like Tank Dell for no other reason than his first name is Tank. And you know what? On the other side, the Jags have Tank Bigs- Bigsby. That is true. Did not have as good of a game. He only had two carries for 10 yards, but a, t- a score as well. So you can't argue with the score. Etienne had a good game as well, though. So there is some bright There's spots. There's something off, the- though. The Jags offense, there's something that's not clicking somewhere. And I don't know what it is. It's Yeah, you know, it, you look at the numbers. You look going down the box score. If you just saw the box score in a vacuum, you would look at, okay, Angram with, you know, 67 yards christian kirk at 54 yards etienne through the air had 50 plus 88 on the ground um then you had calvin ridley with 40 yards like all this looks like okay they were moving you know, trevor lawrence the offense was spread out yeah like it, it looked like they had things going but this might be a situation of red zone efficiency and just not being turnovers. able to punch through when needed to right and turnovers will always kill you yeah so that's something the uh, Jaguars are going to have to figure out, and they have to figure it out quick. Another one of those teams that are sitting one and two right now and not exactly in a desirable position as uh, you would hope to be at this point of the year. But what I will say, um, and what I probably should get to at some point, is that this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Source from galleries in the U.S. and U.K., which include artists from all over the world. Visit now your treasures on Instagram. Send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or .com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. Now, if we're talking about um, getting a pretty good deal, the Ravens gave the Colts a pretty good deal on this one. Um the Ravens were heavily favored going into this game at home against the Colts that a lot of people weren't believing in with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. I think that's fair to say. A Colts team that has Gardner Minshew at quarterback and doesn't have Jonathan Taylor. But Zach Moss proved that does not matter. Zach Moss had a hell of an afternoon, and the Ravens just cannot get it going offensively. Look, I know they have a number of problems on defense right now. Seven starters out on their defensive side. That's a problem. And Odell Beckham Jr., not healthy. Rashad Bateman is banged up. And Mark Andrews is in the lineup, but I don't know if he's 100%. Because that didn't look like Mark Andrews. So, honestly, that that offense this past week was Lamar Jackson just 
playing ball. It was he was running his own plays. He was th- if he could throw to himself out there, he would have. I mean, he threw a couple of passes to Aguilar. Right, but that shouldn't be. That's not the highlight of an offense. Listen, you're you know fourth Min or fifth line. Minshew mania is running wild, buddy. Minshew mania. I think they said this was Gardner Minshew's uh, very first victory in his career against a winning team. Like or Minshew a, a team that mania. <laughs> I'm going to order a Gardner Minshew jersey from DH Gate. No. Don't waste <laughs> the fucking money. <laughs> It's not a waste when he leads the Colts to the Super Bowl, all right? Oh, I don't know if that's going to be happening. But, hey, you know what? Maybe there's a trade there. Maybe we can see a Jets trade of Zach Gardner Wilson for Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Be all over it. Would, would you be happier today if you had Gardner Minshew as the quarterback of the New York Jets rather than Zach Wilson? Yes. He's one more games. Yeah, he has. yeah. I mean, he's With shown he's arguably like, less. Every time he start, he goes for a team. Like he plays well, and then they just give up on him. And I don't understand. Uh, I which may and I'm not a professional football coach, so maybe there's something each team sees in this guy where they're like, he's just like a few fries short of a happy meal in terms of being the guy, but. He always looks decent, and then teams cut ties with him, and then he ends up on another team. And until Buddy Buddy gets hurt, and then he comes in and he cleans house for like three or four games, I don't I, I don't know. So, I mean, I would I'd take him, dude. I would take fucking. Dig, where's Joe Name? Dig that man up. What's he doing? He's still alive, right? Put Vinny Testaverde. Is he still? Is he is he walking? Put him in the game. So you've officially given up on Zach Wilson then. The kid's got an arm. He's just it's, and it's you know what's funny when he was drafted, everyone said he's the most NFL offense ready quarterback because um, the Cougars played an NFL offense, NFL style offense, and it just hasn't hasn't clicked for whatever reason. And part of it too is I think because he is kind of a gunslinger, he abandons the run real quick. Which I don't know if that's Nathaniel Hackett or it's Zach trying to call the plays, but when you have a guy like Brees Hall there, I mean Dalvin. I know we're back on that game. Dalvin Cook's been a non-factor. What a fucking waste of a signing. Dalvin Cook's been. It's been pretty bad. I mean the dude had no camp, and he's coming back from surgery. So true. It's just it's. I think he's probably at like three total yards for the season. You know, not to take us too far off course here, but. As we're recording, I have on the background just a, a compilation of like some of the best world heavyweight championship matches. <laughs> and they're doing uh, Survivor Series 2002 in the Elimination Chamber where Shawn Michaels you know, wins the world title. Oh, the soccer mom, Shawn? Right. Like, what the fuck was going on there? The guy cut his hair into like a bob. And then had brown-ass tights. <laughs> brown tights. That weren't... Apparently the story is like they weren't finished. So no. they're like, Neither well, was either I'm... Cut, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but speaking of finished the carolina panthers i think are finished they're one of the other zero and three teams we were talking about uh they lost to the seattle seahawks in seattle um walker's the real <laughs> deal i think with Dude. 97 yards on the ground and two touchdowns what how many field goals did the seattle seahawks score like five 
Uh, Six? I could tell you in a moment, but yeah, it was, uh, they were getting a bit of a workout going on there. Yeah. That was, a, that I was saying, that was Huckam Chuckum football, man. Andy Dalton was just like, I'm just going to chuck this ball. And DJ Chark had a great game. And Adam Thielen had a great game. And it's sad because I really thought the Panthers had something there. And, you know, Bryce Young going down is, is not ideal. It's, as the kids say, suboptimal. But... Well, hey, man, if you look at Andy Dalton, 361 yards and a couple scores, Andy Dalton would be a great New York Jet right now. Dude, Andy Dalton, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But yeah, Kenneth oh, Walker you know is the real deal. And Geno yeah. Smith, man. Again, fucking Geno Smith. I was just going to bring him up. Another guy would be a great New York Jet right now. You know, it's just too bad. The Jets, uh, just for whatever reason, uh, didn't decide to bring another quarterback after Aaron Rodgers got hurt. I guess that's what you got to live with. This game was what the entire world was talking about. And I don't think we'll ever see anything quite like this again in terms of media coverage. I don't know if you guys have been following along on this on social media all fucking day. But this is one of those transcending things that, you know, like um, when Mike Tyson appeared on Monday Night Raw, all of a sudden you had a lot of people talking to you about professional wrestling that know nothing about professional wrestling, right? They, they want to start, like it's the popular thing to talk about. Travis Kelsey just gained like 300,000 followers on Instagram. He gained more subscribers on Instagram today than he did after winning the Super Bowl. You could argue he's won the life Super Bowl currently. He's had a he's had a good year, that's for sure. Um, he's has one of the number one podcasts, uh, sports podcasts on the planet with him and his brother. Uh, won a Super Bowl. This is all in the calendar year of twenty twenty three, and is now. Uh, I, I think this is uh, as much confirmation as we can possibly get. He is now dating Taylor Swift. And that's why the world blew up on this one, because right at the beginning of the game, there's this camera shot of the Kelsey box. So Travis Kelsey with a private box in Arrowhead. And there's his mother and sitting right beside his mother is Taylor Swift. The only the Dude. fucking biggest musician on the planet right now does not get more official than sitting next to the mother. Dude, mother like, you know, yeah. 12 months. Taylor Kelsey is going on tour. Oh. If you're sitting next to the mother, that's huge. How many? Did you ever see her sit next to Harry Styles' mother? Does Harry Styles have a mother? We don't even know. To be, to be, to be confirmed. To be determined. <laughs> right. Uh, dude, did you see that clip of Travis Kelsey looking up at that box, and he just has like these soft doe eyes? He's just like, he's looking up there like, like, goddamn. I'm a lucky yeah, guy, he, man. No, he's, he's looking up there saying, God damn, if this goes wrong, I'm going to have a terrible song written about me. Oh, not a song, brother. An <laughs> album. Yeah, it'll be an entire album. It'll but be like, the Chiefs think era. It, think of it like this, though. If she were to do that, it's the one dude that, like, what what are you going to say? Like, He's a two-time Super Bowl champion, first battle Hall of Famer. Clean nose. Just plenty and, of things. No. That guy's that guy has a clean history. That guy. Is, oh, I, I certainly hope so, and I certainly expect that to be the case. But you never right. know. 
But what I'm saying is, is that guy's walking into that Hall of Fame. He's two time, possibly three or four. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins a couple more Super Bowls and arguably the greatest tight end ever play the game. Like, what's she going to say? Oh, you focused more on your sport than you did on me and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't think she understands what getting involved with an athlete of that level is like. Like, if she's honest, like an attention, she's, like an, she's just as, as busy with tour and stuff, right? So I think. I think that probably helps a bit, but man, she seemed real jacked for that guy to score a touchdown. Yeah, but like, come on, it was like forty-one nothing. Like, no, relax. But that's what I'm so saying. The impression, like she was jacked that he scored a touchdown. Yeah, the impression that I got, and I could be completely wrong, but it's the impression I got based on just reading body language, is like she's never watched football in her life. Like, she never, literally screamed and let's fucking go. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like it seemed like she was having the time of her life because she's never like experienced someone like this before, didn't know what was going on, or but she saw Travis ma- just scored. Well, that too, but she, she saw Travis make a bunch of plays and she got excited and got into it, and then when he scored a touchdown, she fucking lost it. Like it just looks so. I don't want to use the word wholesome because that's probably the best way to describe Taylor Swift. It's just she seems so like genuine and just supportive and like i don't know she just See, it, i was thinking the exact opposite she knew the cameras were on her well and it was a little much <laughs> i don't know i don't think it was a little much i, oh, I thought you see it was his mom you see his mom his mom was just as yeah. jacked no 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 on the on the touchdown she was just like hanging on the glass like all right cool you know it's 41 nothing like if that was like if the game was tied and that was the last play yeah go crazy but like no but you're pumping okay. this team no but here's the thing like Travis Kelsey's mom has seen two Super Bowl victories, right? Like she has two sons in the NFL. This is not she, new yeah, sorry, to her. Three Super Bowl three, victories. Uh, Excuse me. Jason has one. I forgot about Jason's. So, yeah, she's seen victories in football, raised these children, have been watching them play football for the past 25 fucking years or whatever, right? It's not a big deal to her. She's used to it. For Taylor coming in as an outsider, presumably, uh, based on my Sneaking in, no less. And that's another thing. Did you guys see that video of her allegedly sneaking out? Did you see that? Yes, in the, in the po- popcorn. Yeah, in the popcorn. Uh... I, see, I don't know if that was even popcorn. I think people just call it popcorn because there's popcorn on top of the gimmick. But yeah. the gimmick itself, I think, it looked like a fridge. It was like no, a steel like, they're unit. saying that the thing was like what they keep the bags of popcorn in and just roll them in. I mean, I work in an arena and I've never in my life seen popcorn <laughs> carted around like that before. Yeah. It looked anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is it's a massive like steel structure that could easily fit a human being Dude, inside of it. It was Ocean's Twelve. They Ocean's Twelve her <laughs> into that into that game. Yeah. That's what happened. We had to see we have to see a, a playback to see how it all went down. But it was I mean, cool. I good for the both of them. Like whatever, man. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, like well, we're talking about it, but also, who cares? Like, as long oh, as no. they're happy. We care because that's what everyone is talking about right now. Like, there was... So, I went into the office today for literally no reason. And all the girls were talking about the football game last night. Yeah. I've also and, seen a lot uh, of women on, like, TikTok and shit saying, like, Oh, Travis Kelsey, you don't even know. You ain't it. Like, you're not... Like, it's just, like it's almost like the women are jealous that their person is with, like, with somebody. It's like they want her to be single because they're single or something. I don't know. It's weird. Well, I am happy for Travis, and I'm happy for Taylor, and I hope it all works out for them, and uh, just like it worked out for them Taylor whooping the Bears. Kelsey. 
It even has a ring to it. Nah, I should keep her name. She I don't. Yeah, it. I don't see her. Oh, I mean, no. I mean, on the court documents, Taylor Kelsey. No, it, it I, even on the court documents, she I don't see. Even do it. She wouldn't even do it. No, you don't think she no, just keep no, Taylor as a stage name? They're Swift. No. No, no. She would. She would be like, "What's the point? Like, who cares?" I think it has a nice ring to it. Oh, I, I don't disagree, but they have I think cute she's. Babies. Uh, could you imagine how potentially successful those kids would be? Genetics. Well, the genetics. Or the, or they the wouldn't pressure. need to do anything. They no, might just but, be total fuck-ups, right? No, no, no. <laughs> but the pressure to be something. You yeah. Because like, it's one thing if you're an entertainer. Because like, and if you're, you have kids and they don't end up being entertainers, fine. That's like, I get it, right? But like, to be the child of an athlete with that legacy, because like, it's the work ethic and the dedication, the obsession and blah, blah. Like, it's, it's a different beast, right? Is there... But, is there another comparable in the history of the planet that we can think of of like a major two major stars of completely different worlds? I mean, finding maybe, a way, maybe Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman. Yeah, a massive but, country there. That's Even close. Bigger. I'll give you that. But like, this is a, bigger. A Rod and J Lo. Did they have a kid? No, I don't think so. Well, Beyonce and Jay Z, but they're both like they're both, they're both in the same industry, right? Right. That's something to think right. about. Like, I don't know if there's we have another comparable on Earth of this ever happening before. Of and not to say like Travis Kelsey is fucking Wayne Gretzky or something. Tom but, like, and Giselle. Yeah. But Giselle, I don't know. I don't see Giselle as like Giselle was what, the angel for a long time, man. Like, yeah, she but was that's the but, one. Right, but it's an angel who gives a shit, right? Like no, but like it's it's when you're like in that world, the top model, like that's a big deal. Like in okay, the Dave Navarro industry, and right? what's her name? Carmen Electra. <laughs> Carmen Electra. <laughs> Tito Ortiz you know, whatever. and Jenna Jameson. Dave, whatever. Dave Navarro is a good looking dude, man. Even at, Tito like, Ortiz and Jenna Jameson actually might be the closest comparable, honestly. I mean, both yeah. in terms of with somebody else half naked, so. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, I, th I, I, th so. I think we've belabored this one too long. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, maybe that we'll have a better idea next week, or you know, leave a comment of who you think is the the biggest comparable. Couples. Of, Can we do that as a social question? We should do that. Yeah, as a comparable between Taylor and Travis, we we got to come up with a name too of like how do you smush those names together? Two T. Tavis Swilsey. Swilsey. Swilsey's not bad. We'll, we'll have to workshop that one. The Cowboys are going to have to workshop their offense as well, though. Um, there, is no, there is no reason that the Cowboys should have lost a game to the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals were favored to be the worst team in the NFL this year. Dallas Cowboys are always considered, and you know what, probably wrongfully so, but always considered to be one of the top teams in the NFL. At least by how much effort and money they put into their team, how much time they develop their players, the amount of money their team generates. You know, they're the Toronto Maple Leafs of, of football. They're the New York Yankees of football. Like, they should be the team that competes every year. And if you're going to lose the Arizona Cardinals, I no longer take this team seriously. Dude, it was the, offense, know, we, it's the offense we talked about. It's the, it's, yeah. it's the anemic. Who are they if C.D. Lamb isn't catching passes? Like, that's... They're not good. They, had, you know, James Connor had a. I think he had a great game. I remember seeing him busting through a lot. 
Um, oh, he did. He yeah, I, was, I wasn't very happy about that, to be honest with you. He had 17 <laughs> points. He rushed for 98 yards, 14 carries, a TD, and a 2-for-2 two two for reception on 18 yards. It's a good day. Yeah, sure was. It's a good day on a team that has, you know, Micah Parsons. And so. Josh. Josh Dobbs is your QB. Yeah, right? So, I don't know. I just think we talked about that. We said that offense does not look like a winning offense. And when you cannot score against the Arizona Cardinals, you said not a winning offense. And speaking of uh, not a winning offense, the Las Vegas Raiders lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers in what has to be the most questionable choice i've seen in some time in the nfl there yeah, was that like mcdaniel deserves to be fired for that two and a half minutes left and kick it there was down by eight they were on the 12 yeah two and a half minutes left they have all three of their timeouts so if you count the two minute warning there's a third they had down. four timeouts it was fourth down fourth down with three to go i think <clears throat> You're down eight, and they kick a field goal, which inevitably ends the well, well, just ends the game because that's and the Steelers get the ball and you don't get it back, mean, and that was the yeah. end of the game. Yeah. Um, and then when asked after the game, McDaniel said, "Well, we knew we had to score twice, anyways, so we got the field goal." No, out you of the don't. Way we're no, you don't. <laughs> you absolutely don't. You need one fucking touchdown and a two point conversion. It. Yes. Unless he counts um, the conversion as a score. Which you shouldn't. Um, but because no one does. That's not what a score means. So um, I think, look, I can see it in two ways. You could say, okay, I trust our defense to make a stop. I believe in our guys. And I don't want to tie the game and go to overtime. I want to try to win the game. Fine. But you kind of have to get there first. It's the same. It's six of one, half dozen of the other. Only going for the touchdown brings you closer to something. Because even if you score the touchdown, it's no different than kicking the field goal and trying to get the ball back with the same amount of touchdowns. So you might as well try and score the points. If you score the touchdown and you fuck up the two-point conversion, you still score twice as many points as you would have with the field goal. And you still have to score again. And all you need is a, a field goal. But at least you have the chance at tying. Win. Yeah. And if you don't score a touchdown and you turn the ball over, you are down eight with still four timeouts and the ball is on your opponent's 12. Assuming which, you didn't get sacked. Which is behind where a fair so catch would be. long way to go. Yes. So I don't... Yeah. No, he deserves I don't to be see... I don't see a logic in that. Um, and look, it's easy for us to say almost 24 hours removed or more now uh, from the actual game and to dissect it. And I know they're making decisions in the moment. Easton Callen's getting a penalty shot in his first preseason game. <laughs> oh, damn. I should turn off uh, Survivor Series 2002 right now, shouldn't I? <laughs> Tell me I just got to the point where Rob... Hands, all right? I don't know. I just got to the maybe... point where... Uh, Rob Van Dam crushes Triple H's trachea. It's good times. Gritty, uh, gritty drive to the net. Jeff muscled in. Here it goes. So, no, good on to see the kid. Devontae Adams anyway. had a game. He did. And Devontae Adams isn't happy. 
and he, he wants he, out. yeah i think he wants out of there he's like i want to start winning games do you know where he should go start winning games kansas city uh oof. Oh. Oof. just give him the super bowl if he does but no seriously like, so look at look at if he goes to kansas city that team is complete or yep the dallas cowboys I don't see him winning anymore there as he No, I'm just currently. saying they could use him. Like that's what the Dallas Cowboys need. Yeah, I, I feel like that's the same argument we had with Shohei Otani though, where it's like, yeah, they could use him. Well, but so every could team every in, team in the yeah. would absolutely love to have Devontae Adams. The, like the, the Ravens, Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens. Yeah, the Baltimore Ravens would be jumping at Devontae <laughs> Adams right now. Um the New York Jets would be a great option for him, not this season now, but next if year. They had like, Aaron can you imagine? Him and Aaron Rodgers back together again. Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, or Garrett Wilson and Devontae Adams as your two receivers. Actually, you know what? Before we move on to week four, because we're about that time, one more thing I want to bring up. Did you guys see the alleged incident between, uh, I think it was Sauce Gardner and Mac Jones? Yeah, where he pushed. No, so um, somebody threw Mac Jones to the ground. I forget who it was. Oh, CJ Mosley. Okay. And then Mac Jones got up and started yapping and then Sauce pushed him back down. No. So that's so yes and no. So when Mac Jones got up, Gardner is saying that he grabbed him by the dick. And that's why Gardner shoved him. Yeah, I know. It's fucking Stop weird, it. man. Get some help. <laughs> and it's like there's video of it, but it's not entirely clear what happens. But it with that lens, you then understand why Gardner shoved him so aggressively. So and yeah, Gardner is kind he, of out of nowhere. Especially after yeah. CJ Mosley just threw him to the ground. Like there's no reason to push him over again that aggressively. Um I think it was Gardner who tweeted it today, like a video. And he said, hey, I'm just posting this in case I get suspended. Like this is why I did it. So and like again, like the video isn't entirely clear. And it up. doesn't really, it, it's not really, it's not evident exactly what happened. But with the lens of, hey, this guy grabbed me at, grabbed me by the dick and I didn't like that. So I shoved him. Um, it, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I'm looking it up so, right now. It's, it's quite the crazy story. I don't know if we'll have anything come from oh, this. I feel like. I do kind of see it. Yeah, oh, there's I mean, another. Like it, it, there's another video. Like there's a couple different angles floating around on Twitter. Barstool on has one where he he very clearly goes for the junk. Yeah, it's strange. It's a uh, pretty strange behavior. But Mac hey, trying to get what? that mac and cheese, get that mac, dick and cheese. Max Mackin out there. That's all I can say. We got to move on to week four. There's a whole slate of games for week four. Of course, nobody in the bye just yet. There is, fortunately, only one Monday Night Football game this week coming up. So I'm pretty happy about that. Not uh, good, although though. I do like these. I, well, none of them have really been that good so far. Um, although I do sometimes enjoy the doubleheader on Monday night, only when it's actually good games I care about. And I would remember the days when they would do like two back-to-back games, but like on different times. Like, now they're doing, like, 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, can you just do an 8 o'clock and a 10 o'clock or 7 o'clock? Anyways, I digress. Week four games, and we have to make our picks. Gentlemen, you have your picks ready. Yes. 
I'm going to go first because I think I didn't go first last week or the week before. And seeing that I am the reigning champion and I'm a perfect three for three right now. Remember, we are making a pick that we feel is going to pay, but also we're doing it suicide style where we can't pick the same team twice at any point this season. So I've already picked Washington. I've already picked Miami. I've already picked Buffalo. So for this week, for week four, my go-to pick that I believe is a lock and you can lock it in right now. It's the Philadelphia Eagles over the Washington Commanders. I can't imagine that one will <laughs> will go south for me. Um, the Eagles, of course, have been playing tremendously. The Commanders have not. Um, last week, I picked the Bills over the Commanders, and it worked out absolutely perfect. So um, I'm just looking for the actual... Am I even looking at the right week? What's happening here? This game actually happening? This game is happening, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know why I'm so blind. I can't find it on the list of games coming up. Maybe they've taken it off the board because it's that much of an upset. <laughs> I think it might actually be taken off the board. I don't see. Oh, there it is. Oh, no, it's right there. Um, no, it's not. That's this. Probably like six and a half. This game might be off the board. Like I'm looking at FanDuel right now. And there is or, no... Or, oh, it's possible they haven't posted it yet if the Eagles are playing right now. Yeah, that could be it. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Okay, that makes sense. Like, I'm like, am I blind? Like, I don't see this game yeah. on the list. Okay, that is why I'm not crazy. Um, the Eagles over the Commanders. Cool. James, go ahead. Jim. Every team that I pick loses. Yes. I am 0-3. Correct. I'm picking the Chiefs over the Jets. Huh. You're going against your very no, own New York doing that Jets. Because if, he, if every team he picks loses, the Jets will, by his logic, beat the Chiefs. Or I see. Doing the whole get happiness win. insurance. Yeah, happiness insurance is what it is. The Chiefs are on the road, and they're currently favored by nine and a half. Do I don't have to pick them to cover, though. No. No, no, no. Just, just a win. The Chiefs. Maddie, I am going to take the Cowboys over the Patriots. Ooh. Interesting. You know, the Cowboys didn't look great this week, but Mac Jones, who knows what is headed his way after uh, grabbing Gardner's junk. Oh, yeah. and yeah. not just that. Like, I mean, I think we can look at that game more as an aberration than who the Cowboys are. So I fully expect them to come back and have a big week. Yeah, and I don't, think the, uh, I don't think the Patriots showing 13 points against the Jets is anything to write home about. Yeah. Especially against the defense of the Cowboys. You know, it'll be similar against a better offense and a better quarterback. So, And Dallas is at home. So, Yeah, Dallas is at home, and they are favored by a touchdown over New England. Yep. I'm just going to randomly throw in a game. We're going to say San Francisco 49ers over the Cardinals. I think it'll be a similar line. Uh, with my Eagles over Commanders. So if you were to place of three-leg parlay, you throw five bucks on it, you will win $4 on this uh, <laughs> sure bet parlay, not sponsored by FanDuel. Please play not responsibly. Yet. Although not I will say this, our friend and sponsor, Now Your Treasures, really pushing FanDuel to sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, I've seen all the posts every week. It's much appreciated. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it's big love. Big love. They're, Currently, they're fine with overdrive probably. <laughs> I know, eh? They're just like, fine. these fucking clowns. 
currently not sponsored by FanDuel, but who knows what the hey, uh, future will hold. FanDuel, we've invested in you, literally financially. We've invested Listen, in you and got nothing in return. Kelsey can nab Swift. We can nab FanDuel. There you go. Could you, could you imagine if one day just... You know what's funny? And I don't know if this is something should probably say, but could you imagine there's something in the email inbox? <laughs> it's like, hey, guys, we've listened to you. It's organic. We'd like to yeah, grow just, with wait, it. Wait, we just it. ignore it. We just literally never even look at the inbox. So Yeah, yeah I should probably just like. Wouldn't it be funny if FanDuel has reached out? I'd be like, hey, it'd be cool if we could do a grassroots thing, FanDuel Canada exclusive kind of yeah. thing. Whatever. We'll give you each. And we're just like, we'll give you each a hundred thousand dollars a year. All right. Oh, dude, I'd be happy if they gave me a hundred bucks. This expires. <laughs> this expires yeah. September twenty fourth. No, they give me they give me chicken dance coupons. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> In week four, we do. So here's a good reminder for everybody. We do have a 9 a.m. game, a 9.30 a.m. game this coming Sunday. It's the Falcons and Jaguars taking place in good old Wembley Stadium, right in Tony Khan's backyard, since they just did AEW all in or out or whatever the fuck. There will be um, exactly 81,000 fans watching this game, but really 72. And Trevor Lawrence is going to tattoo it on tattoo, his bicep yeah. of yeah. 81,000 people. Uh, currently Jacksonville is favored by three to win this game. Um, I think, oh, I don't even know. I was going to say, me, I'm the, gonna, line, I, to I, me I, the line should be more like a, like a half point to a point. I think this is a, this is a gimme at this point. Yeah. I was just going to say, I'm going to take Jacksonville this one, but I don't know, actually. I don't know. Cause it, I mean, it's not really a home field advantage. So it's. And Ethan the Falcons scores on the power play. Nice. And the Falcons have played just as well. As the Jaguars. To me, I think they're very similar teams in very similar positions at the moment. The game that I think most of us are going to be watching, and if you are just watching football on your local television provider here in Toronto, you are going to be watching the Dolphins and Bills. Uh, the Bills are favored by two and a half. Uh, the game is in Buffalo. I like the value on that. I'm going Miami all the way. Yeah, I do too, actually. That's now, actually really Bills good. defense has been great. So who knows? But the but. run, the run of uh, well, this is the game. Will you like? You're right. The, the Broncos couldn't stop much of Monster or Achane. Hn. Hn. It's Hn. Right, it's got to <laughs> be like that, that TV station. Hn. Um, I think you'll. This will be the game where you know if those two are the real deal. Because if they're gonna like, they can run up the Broncos. Sure. But if Mostert or HN can run through the Bills defense in lieu of their pretty decent pass defense the Bills have, then those guys are for real. I think you're right. I think there's value at two and a half. Yep, definitely one to keep your eye on. Um, and we mentioned this one earlier. This is the shit bowl. It's the 0-3 Broncos and the 0-3 Bears. Currently, the Broncos are favored by three and a half. I am definitely interested in taking a ticket of under on everything, except turnovers. That game, I don't understand how you can have the Bills and the Dolphins and then the Browns and the Broncos, or the Bears and the Broncos, like, in one day. Wild. And then, flash forward, you got another solid divisional game, and it's the Ravens and Browns, both 2-1, and one, Ravens in Cleveland, uh, Cleveland is favored by two and a half, and rightfully so. I think the Browns have been the better team this year. 
but you know that's going to be a dogfight. Regardless of what the line is, that's going to be a one-score game that's going to go right to the wire. Yeah. Bengals-Titans, even line right now. And I think that's because the Bengals are going to be playing tonight, and we don't know the status of uh, Joe Burrow. Titans are at home. It's 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 a messy one there. It's it's pretty sad to look at and consider that the Titans might be like the better record team going into that matchup. These this whole week, like everything after the games we've already actually discussed, they're all the same. They're all like half junk team versus half junk team. Like if you look at the rest of these games, it's literally the yeah. same thing. Yeah, it's yeah, Vikings, like, Panthers, it's Bucks, Saints, it's Broncos, Bears, it's Raiders, Chargers. Like it's all outside of the one massive favorite against a massive underdog. They're all going to be the same. Yeah, I think like, the only other one that's like really sticking out as maybe could be an interesting game is just because we talk about and follow the Jets so much. I am interested to see the Jets and Chiefs. That's your Sunday nighter. It's their last chance. Week. It, like it's their uh, last. Yeah. It's it's really is like if Zach Wilson can pull this off, he buys himself a job for another week. Like that's really not, what it is, right? Not even that. If they show up and at least play half decent, and he shows up and he puts up, you know, say two hundred yards and two TDs or whatever, you and even if they lose, you feel comfortable. That's what I mean, right? Like if he if he's competitive against probably like potentially the best team in football, then you know it buys it probably buys himself some time. But I think it's interesting because, again, the expectations on that team and the talent that's still there against the guy who's figured it out, right? Uh, from a know. betting perspective, we also have the Seahawks and Giants, and the Giants are favored by one. Ooh. Uh, the Giants are at home. but So value again, alert value. on that one. Uh, I think that you might swing be something. A, a nice ticket with the Seahawks and the Dolphins. Yes. And... Even the Falcons over the Jags, who the Jags are favored. By I might three. lock those. So, I might lock those three in now. Yeah, I, I'm actually thinking that right now as well. So that is your look at Week Four. You have our locked-in picks. Of course, this segment not sponsored by FanDuel. Not and real gambling advice. Not real gambling advice. And if you do have a gambling problem, please seek help. Um, the Maple Leafs do have a problem down the middle. Uh, so much so that they believe that William Nylander is going to be the solution to their third-line center issues. Um, it, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly was in that spot last year after the trade deadline. And obviously, he is now playing in Nashville. So he is not going to be back and would not have been able to be back based on the money he was looking for. And William Nylander is actually looking for some money as well. So I wonder uh, if putting him at center is going to be kind of a, you know, a ploy, if you will, of, hey, man, if you want 10 million bucks, play in the middle. And we're going to give you Lafferty and, <laughs> I don't know, Reeves on your no, wing. He's, and He's getting see, maxed on me. And maybe, maybe he will. And that's the thing. Like, I don't know. Like, a lot of these, we've seen a lot of preseason lines come out and, like, different uh, practice squads that they're messing with. And I don't know how much to... Uh, to take out of any of that because 
I know a lot of these games, it's like split squad here and split squad there. Like, who knows who the fuck's actually well, play with anybody? No, I'm just based off of what the early indication is and what they played last night, it's Domi's on the wing with Nylander for sure because they typically like to go their lines in pairs and then your third guy on the wing is, you know, relatively interchangeable. So your combinations are Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and looks like nice probably and then Nylander Domi now that third line then on the other side it's either Yarncroc or Lafferty as you said but I think Lafferty's likely probably on that fourth line with Reeves and Kampf oh man like I don't know like see, that's the thing like I saw lines that they're doing the other day with Tavares with Lafferty and uh who was the other one whomever but like i'm saying like lafferty was up on the second line with Tavares. like this doesn't make any sense so that's all i'm saying like i think there's going to be i think you're <laughs> right i think they're going to have a couple guys paired and then like the other winger is going to be interchangeable at times uh we're forgetting about pertuzzi as well i think pertuzzi ends up on the top line with yeah. uh, matthews yeah. and whomever is paired with matthews the reason why i don't like nylander at center here's here's my biggest issue with this and i think the reason why he is there is Probably because there isn't a better option at the moment. If you think about it, like there's, I, I suppose Lafferty can play center and I suppose Domi can play center, but I think you brought in Domi to be a winger. I think Domi is like best case scenario. I saw it as the London Knights line of Domi with Marner and Tavares in the middle. And then you had Matthews with Nylander and Nyes. And maybe Bertuzzi drops down on the third line with Yarncroak and Camp, and they're just assholes. And then your fourth line is, uh, I don't know, just throw in like Holmberg and Reeves and Gregor. whoever you want in your fourth. Yeah, whoever you want is your fourth line winger. Well, Gregor right? has pissed That's how I saw it. He's going to be on the fourth line. But I think the problem with that is when you look at the third line center, Camp is fine, but I don't think that's what they're looking for. I think they want Camp as their fourth line center. Yeah. So, well, I think there's a whole lot center and third line center. This is all I'm saying. I think what this does is the matchups Nylander will see. He should, by all logic, torch, like absolutely torch the third line matchups that he will get against other teams' third lines. Because the top defensive checking line is going to be obviously on Matthews. Then your next one's going to be on that second line. That your ideal situation then is you force teams to put their probably least defensive line against Nylander. So like we forget he's drafted as a center. He played a lot of center in Europe. Internationally, he plays center a fair bit. Uh, he has dabbled in playing center here from time to time. His dad I was think, a pretty good one. Yeah, I think I think he has the capability. I think the he's got to shift his thinking from being more of a roving type defensive player to being more of a stop-on-the-puck defensive player um, and to be above the puck <clears throat> more, or sorry, below the puck more when he's in his own zone. Um, and also, too, for a guy of that skill, he gets the puck more and he controls the play more. He'll see the puck more. So I, you know, I think it's a good idea. Now, I think this is one that they kind of have to go with for longer than two weeks at a time and just say, we'll try for the first two weeks in the season and bail. Like you have to give them at least a quarter of the season to see how this will look, to be honest. I hope honestly, it's what you said off the top. I hope this is a, 
uh, fucking prove it move where you're asking a hundred foot player to now be a 200 foot player. You're asking a guy who's benefited from playing on the wing with one of the greatest goal scorers. And like, let's be honest, like Austin Matthews has the ability to elevate most people around him's game, you know, and you're asking this guy now to carry a line by himself and play a 200 foot game, both of which he has not proven he's been able to do thus far. So I do agree. I hope they do it more than a couple weeks. I hope they do it enough weeks that his fucking contract ask goes from 10 million down to seven and a half because I have no faith that he can be a 200 foot player in the NHL. I just don't. I've watched this guy bail. Like again, I hate to go back to it. I've watched this dude bail on icings. There's no way this man is going to put another 25 feet into this game. The dude likes to score. He's not going to score 40 on the third line. Like, he flat out won't. He, they, name how, how many 40 goal scorers do you know play on a third line? No, I, I see what you mean. But again, the, it may not be him trying to get 40. It's him right. alleviating pressure from the top two. For sure. But do I think, and again, that's going to drive his contract value down, right? Do I think, do I think he's going to make a Sam Lafferty on his wing better? No, no, I don't but I think. But I think with him and Domi, you have the potential for two guys that can put up thirty. Possibly, but and but right, but you think maybe I don't know. I don't think Domi's going to get him the puck the same way Matthews did. It's a part of the reason everyone said Matthews' goal scoring down last year was because he played a lot with Nylander, who shot more, which is fine. But you have Matthews to for defense to look off, right? I don't know that they're going to look off Max Domi or whoever the other guy is. Like it's just a different style of game, and you're you're asking Nylander to be the general, right? It's it's actually it's funny. It's very similar to pro wrestling. You're asking somebody who has no history of being a ring general to call a match, and now yeah, but no, but he does have history playing center. Yeah, with with jabronis compared to NHL, his history in the NHL playing center has been a failed experiment, and sure, it's not been an ex- extended period of time, but. Like there's been no indicators in the NHL that he has the capability of playing 200 feet, but we're going to find out. And if you want to get paid like a $10 million player, you're going to have to do those things that $10 million players do. So I do like, I think it's a, okay, show us. Right. And it's a dangerous game because if he does, then he's going to, then he's going to earn that money and he's either going to earn it here. He's going to earn it somewhere else. But if he doesn't, then is is he is he bitter about this? I don't know. He's I, he's wanted no. to play center. I don't I don't think he's bitter. To like, I I to be honest, like I think outside of I think we see so many attitudes when it comes to other sports that now we apply that thinking to every athlete. You know, where you see guys who don't like their situation, they get throw pissy fits and aren't professionals that with them pollutes our idea for other ones. Right. So, I mean, I don't think he's a dude who's bitter or would be bitter. I think he's like, hey, all right, cool. Like, I think he's so unbothered by shit. He nets 30 and has 35 assists this year for 65 points. What does that contract look like? Honestly, if he shows that he can do 40 on the wing and 30 as a third line center with less talent than he was having, he's very well within range of nine to 10 million. How many $10 million third line centers are in this league? No, but you're not understanding the point. 
the point isn't that he's a third line center and that's oh you're only worth about five or six million the point is is that he's playing less minutes with less talent on his wings and putting up 30 goals right essentially so then what i'm saying is is if you're you can't pay a guy who's playing less minutes 10 million dollars if you're the leafs no but if you're a team that for is sure not the Leafs. yes right so what i'm saying is is as the on the leafs no you're not paying your third line center that's stupid but what i'm saying is he's showing that he's a 10 million dollar player by being able to do 40 on a top two lines or 30 essentially by himself with less talent oh yeah i mean the end, end result is that i don't think he ends up playing here right no, but like you, you asked if he you he's showing that he's a ten million dollar player. Then yes, he is. Now for the Leafs, no, because they can't afford it. He's pricing himself off this team. The the only thing I can say to that, Maddie, I agree with you. Where I think it's more about him showing what he can do, regardless of how many points he ends up scoring. I think he's showing what uh, how good of a teammate he can be. Um, that said. If he's playing third line minutes, I don't see him having the opportunity just in terms of sheer numbers and time and how much time he spends on the ice to be able to be that productive. Now, he can still have productive shifts and he can still score at a high clip based on the amount of minutes he has. But the fact that he has reduced minutes, I think, is seriously going to cut into the amount of points he has. Now, how much that affects his trade value, I don't know. Um, But I think he's going to have to maximize every minute. Right. And I think we're on the same page here. Where I think we're all kind of saying that, like, he's probably getting traded. No, I, I don't think he's getting traded. I think what this is, if it works out, great. You have three strong lines that can produce, or you have, or he walks. Yeah, or they're fine with him walking. I don't like, think. I, I would walk. say if I would say if you're a team that is on the cusp, or whatever nylander's not a player that you can let walk but when you're a team that's in win now and people are like well you got to get something for him what you get for him is unlikely going to be worth what he does for you the matthews extension changes my perception on that because i agree with you i think they've extended their window by having another five years including this year of austin i just i just don't see him sticking at center all year no, I think they're going to try it no. for a couple of weeks and they're going to say, fuck it and move him to the wing because at some point in the season, Austin Matthews can start struggling and they're going to like, oh, well, you know what? If he had William Nylander on his wing, he'd be and they'll try it out and they'll have a good game. And all of a sudden, Nylander's on the top line with uh, Austin Matthews and Tyler Bertuzzi. And all of a sudden, we're exactly where we thought we were going to be. Um, if that or, happens, or then I can disappear for like 20 games. No, no, no. What I'm, all I'm saying is, I don't necessarily see him staying there all year. And if you move him off center, then I can see the argument of, oh, you can't trade him because he's so valuable to this team today. And it's hard to trade a guy. If you're in win now mode, it's hard to trade a guy who's valuable to your team today. If he stays at third line center the entire season, I can 100% see them uh, trading him if they haven't signed him because they can say, well, we'll just bring in a third line center. And bring in a guy who can contribute. On, so bring in two guys: one guy who's defensive third line center, and some guy and who's a, a top nine a forward or defenseman depth. And then your team is better without William Nylander because you've replaced him in different ways. My, so, 
Yeah. I I know I agree with that. I think my fear is that at some point they're like you said, they're but they're also going to go if Willie goes on a 10-15 game snooze fest, they're going to go we got to get Willie going. Like that thought is going to intrude on their heads and like they're going to do the same thing. So whether maybe it's not Austin, maybe they look at Willie and they go, "Well, Willie's not playing 200 feet, but he's also not doing anything else." Right? Like I that's think the like the likely scenario out of everything is that it's going to be Tavares that needs the help. I, I mean, More I don't disagree. Anything. I mean, that's the problem down the middle, really, is the fact that, although apparently Tavares has lost 15 pounds, so maybe he's a little more fleet of foot. But at the end of the day, I mean, do I see him as a as a full-time center, really? I would love to see a scenario where he takes the face-offs, a la Spezza, and then just moves the fuck over, and somebody else fills the middle. I just, I don't know who that is. It's, yeah, it's We'll see. Like yeah, I said, it's... It's going to be something that isn't just a two-week stint. That's for sure. No, and they have options. Something catastrophic happens. I hope it's not because if they're they're positioning themselves to do it now, it leads me to believe it's not going to be a two-week thing. But I wouldn't put it past them. Um, something else that I want to discuss because it's been in the news the past couple days, and I don't necessarily believe it, but it's worth talking about. So we have heard for a number of weeks now that Damian Lillard wants out and he wants a trade. And of course, there's every team in the NBA would love to have Damian Lillard on their team. And a number of reports came out today that the Toronto Raptors are a top contender and a lot of them saying they are the number one contender of landing Damian Lillard. Um. It was a few weeks ago now, and I think it's worth mentioning that Lillard never said this because I don't think he can. Um, and I think a lot of people took it in a way that Lillard said it, that he would not play for Toronto. I don't think Lillard ever said that. I think what happened, it was like an ESPN reporter who was talking about the situation who said Lillard wouldn't play there, which is like someone's opinion of an opinion of a thing that hasn't happened yet. So it's kind of ridiculous. So I think that's worth mentioning off the top where I know there's a lot of that narrative going around, but we don't know that for a fact. That was someone's opinion. And it got reported as a fact. Right. So what what we do know is that the Trailblazers are looking at trade options, and it sounds like the Raptors are at the top of the list in terms of what the Trailblazers are looking for. Um, and if you are curious about Lillard's contract... He is under contract for this year. He's 33 years old. He is under contract this year. Uh, next year, he has a player option, which I'm sure he will opt out of if he comes to Toronto. So, or most yeah, places, because he, he's going to want to get paid. Also a good point. He's only making $45 million. Only. God damn. It's, it's so only. much money in the NBA. Um, so, yeah. So, the expectation for any team acquiring Lillard, and I jokingly say he's going to opt out because the Raptors acquire him. But any team generally should be working under the assumption that if Lillard is acquired, you're acquiring him for this year and this year only. So here's here's the questions that you have to ask yourself. For the Toronto Raptors, does it make sense to bring in Damian Lillard for one year? Nope. I know back in the day when they... And Maddie, I'm with you. <laughs> um, back in the day when they traded DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard, it made sense. Because they had other pieces there. I mean, they also got Danny Green in the deal as well. But they had uh, they had Marcus All. 
and they had a young Pascal Siakam and they had an OG Ananobi who was playing real well. They had Kyle Lowry. Like there was so many other pieces there that just needed that extra bit of star power to blow it all Serge up. And Ibaka. they won an NBA championship. Serge Ibaka was there too. God damn, that team was so good. But if you look at the Raptors right now, like I don't see them as a competitive team this year. Like they might be an eighth seed in unless Grady Dick is going to be the second coming of Michael Jordan. I don't necessarily see the Toronto Raptors <laughs> competing for an NBA championship this year. And I'm not, it's not, dick I don't think that's was. wild. <laughs> yeah. You'd have a big dick if, you, if that was the case. Um, I don't think that's a wild thing to say. Now adding Damian Lillard to the equation, could that make them a better team? Of course. What would you have to give up though to land Lillard? I just, to be honest, I think it's, what's the point? Like anything that Portland's going to want, you're going to need because you know you only got them for one year. So you're either going to need the young players they're going to want or you're going to need the draft capital that they're going to want. So if you know it's only going to be one year for Lillard, which again, it's going to be no matter what team he goes to, whether he likes it or not, because he's going to want to get paid, as Jim said, that to be honest, it's there's no point. And so what's it going to do? It might vault you from being a eighth ninth 10th place team to a seventh place team maybe sixth like great so you're still in a shit situation because your effing team is still drafting in the early 20s late teens it's just it's a continuation of the mindset of the mediocrity and it's just no it, it, <laughs> it like, for me it depends on what goes out the door right right if we've all we've uh, ad nauseum us and anybody else who you know watches toronto basketball knows this team has too many stretch wings right and lillard is not a stretch wing so if if a stretch wing goes out and we've said from we need a scoring guard and a scoring guard comes back potentially one of the best scoring guards in the league it's just a matter of whatever we give up doesn't mortgage our entire future and whatever we give up is has to be one of those stretch mates so it's got to be Ananobi or Siakam or I hate to say it Scotty Barnes out the door uh, I'm not ready to to send Barnes out the door Siakam seems to be a real prick about where he's getting traded to if he does get traded which leaves OG Ananobi trouble is I think when you have a pure scorer like Dame it's nice to keep the really 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 good defender like OG on your team so I don't know that they're in a spot to do it from that perspective. Do I? I actually think it would make them significantly better, like significantly better and competitive, especially in the East. You think it puts them in top four in the East? I mean, Jalen Brown's not playing for the Celtics anymore, right? Like, I think there's. Yeah, I think the there's Celtics are still the a really good team. They are. Is Marcus so Smart your- still on that team? I, I just say like the top four in the East right now for likely the Bulls jump more than the Raptors do. So I would say your top four, even five teams in the East are probably your Phillies, then the Heat, the Bulls, the Celtics, and the Bucks. Why were the Bulls yeah, why are the, the Bulls, Bulls jumping? Sorry, not the Bulls. I was thinking the Heat and I got confused with the colors. <laughs> so yeah your top four teams are the heat the uh the celtics the sixers and the bucks, the bucks. 
So your Raptors yeah. may be five. May. So here's the way I look at it. Right now, the Toronto Raptors at point guard would have Dennis Schroeder as their starting point guard. Well, I think he'd have to go the other way. Well, I'm thinking what makes sense to go the other way is Malachi Flint, who's a young guy, a point guard. who. Ne- I'm not saying he's the cornerstone of this trade. I'm just saying a piece that goes the other way is Malachi Flynn because he's 25 years old. He's a point guard that's never had a chance here. I think it makes sense to give him a change of scenery. Someone else can work on him as a project. I think that would make sense from a, a pieces perspective. And then Schroeder becomes your sixth man. Um, at that point, I think just to balance the money, it has to be Pascal Siakam that goes the other way. Siakam has one year left on his deal. He's the only guy making north of $19 million on this team. He's at like 37 and change, almost $38 million. So that balances yeah, so the money. To make the money the, work. Yes. Siakam goes the other way as, lo- as, uh, as well as Malachi Flynn. And then I still think you need at least one or two other kickers to make this work, whether that's draft picks or whether that's something else. But I think the true untouchables of this team, I think you can't trade Scotty Barnes and you're not trading G- Grady Dick. Anyone else? Have at it. I Just, think they're going to want one of those two. And probably, yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. And that's why I, I have, I think that's why this trade hasn't happened yet. If it is as close as people are saying it is. So we'll have to keep a close eye on it. I personally don't think it's going to happen, but it'd be interesting. I, I, I definitely, we've seen Masai Ujiri make bigger trades. So it definitely is possible. Uh, what also is possible is that it is now time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. Show, show. Yeah, I'm just not going to talk over the music because I know it's going to be all wacky. So I just decided yeah. to let the whole whole music run. And you know what? No one's going to complain because everyone loves hearing. You got to check Maven's out his YouTube music. channel. His YouTube channel is wild. I have been seeing like some clips, clicks, some clips on TikTok recently. And you know what? It's okay. So here's the interesting thing. I think he had an interview with Chris Van Vliet recently. And Van Vliet was saying, the reason why you're successful is because you're not doing wrestling videos on YouTube. You're doing YouTube videos about wrestling. And I'm like, huh, I didn't even consider that. And that's fucking brilliant. So if you think about it on that lens, like he's doing all the YouTube things, he's doing all the YouTube trendy things and the, the thumbnails and whatever, but it just happens to be about wrestling. So maybe there's a, a, a lesson there for everyone looking to uh, make content creation their actual real job. I'll go first. Uh, my shout out goes to Dolph Ziggler, who is one of the uh, many people who got let go by WWE this week. He had like a record of like 1,554 television matches for WWE. That's that's insane. And I say Dolph Ziggler specifically because a whole bunch of people got released. But um, I think for all the people that got released, there's going to be a bunch of them who will continue on in professional wrestling and some of them who will fade off into the sunset. Because I think there's a difference between guys who want to be wrestlers and guys who want to be uh, WWE superstars. 
And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be one or the other. I'm just saying there's some who will continue on in the world of wrestling. I think Dolph Ziggler is going to continue on in wrestling, and he's going to be a fucking huge star. He's going to so, be a um, multi-time champion in another company. Yes. And I think in a matter of months, when his contract is up, I'm, he, she will be tag team champions with his brother in AEW. And then once Tony Khan buy, buys uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, he will hold the United States Championship there and, and all those things. So... Because uh, apparently that sale is imminent where Tony Khan's buying New Japan. So, anyways, shout out to Dolph Ziggler. Can't wait to see what he does next. James. Uh, very, very quick because I know we're running long here. My shout out is to Blink-182, their new album I am very, very excited for. And that new song really gets me right in the feels, man. Um, you know, it's it's basically a love letter to each other. Um, you know, and, and the things they went through and, like, it's the lines in the song are like, like, does a does a sickness or does a plane crash have to happen for us to like realize that, you know, we should have just been a band and like gotten over some shit or even like picked up a phone and said hello? Like, because Blink One Eight Two really got back together after Mark got sick, and Tom and Mark were like, "What what the fuck are we doing?" Right? So this song is really and if you go check out the video, they they're in front of a green screen, but the green screen video is all the backdrop of their like most popular videos, which is really crazy. Um so Elder Emos, go check it out. And for all intents and purposes, people say this new album is gonna be in crazy good. So I'm excited. So shout out to those guys. Right on. Um mine is to Ray Stevenson, who is currently playing Balen Skull and Ahsoka who passed away. Um he's honestly created one of the best characters i think that star wars has had in a long long time um definitely one of the most fascinating interesting and probably well-played characters that they've done in live action in quite some time and it just sucks that we won't get more of that for a dude who's had such like a a storied acting career in terms of on screen but on stage as well um and it just it sucks that when you see such like a great talent that goes too soon so I know he. I know he passed a while ago, but I think it's well deserved with all the, the hype and attention that he's getting for Ahsoka. The cool well, thing about those characters is that Balin is like a medieval knight, yeah, and like Ahsoka's like Japanese kind of like fighting style. Like it's very, it kind of leans into those different swordsmen type gimmicks. And I think having Balin Skull being a traditional medieval style knight is a really cool take on the whole mm-hmm. Jedi Knight gimmick. For sure. The whole orange lightsaber thing too really threw me for a loop. Like I thought it was red to begin with, and then someone yeah. pointed out to me that it was orange. I'm like, oh, that's really clever. But uh, ne- yeah, never say never though, because Princess Leia was in the last Star Wars movie. So I don't think they flirt <laughs> with that again though. I, I know. Just I think I think they I think a lot of people are learning their lesson by trying to do that. That I think we don't see that as much as we think, unless it's absolutely necessary for like someone dies in the middle of filming something, right? So, but yeah. No, it's shitty. So that's my well, for, fortunately, none of us died uh, throughout the <laughs> incredible long duration of this podcast. We thank you for joining us for another edition of 43.6, which, of course, was brought to you by now your treasures. Until next week, help control the pet population and have your pets spayed or neutered. I think Mac Jones tried to neuter sauce. Yeah. <laughs>